Hey Tech fans, this is Bailey Angle, the in-venue host of Virginia Tech Athletics. When I'm not playing games with fans on Hokie Vision, I actually work full-time with the Hokie Club. Now, did you know that Triumph Together is coming up on August 23rd through the 25th, which are Virginia Tech Athletics' biggest giving days of the year? You can sign up to be an ambassador for Triumph and encourage your friends to give. The top ambassadors with the most referrals can win exclusive prizes, like indoor club seats at Lane or even sideline passes for Enter Sandman. Head on over to HokieClub.com to learn more more about Triumph Together and find out how you can sign up to be an ambassador today. All right, everybody. Monday, August 22nd. Got a jam-packed episode for you all here today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Wanted to highlight some of the things that the Hokie Club is doing. Wanted to talk about the in-game environment here this fall and answer some questions uh, around Blacksburg. So first we got Brad Worthman and Evan Massengill of Virginia Tech Athletic Department and the Hokie Club. They will be talking through uh, some of those things that I just listed. And then we're going to toss it over to Christina Daves of the Nova Hokie Club. And she's been featured on some D.C. local news for her epic V2 tailgates, but we're actually going to hear her talk about some of the epic Nova Hokie Club events that have been going on in 2022 and a sneak peek of what's on the radar for this fall in Blacksburg. It's all coming up here on the Sons of Saturday podcast. Uh, Wanted to give a shout out to our friends over at Roots Natural Kitchen. We are going to be doing uh, collabs with Roots all season long and The Blacksburg Roots is on Price's Fork Road, if you guys are familiar with that. But also, we want to say that our Roots code, our codes are going to be valid at all of the Roots locations. I believe there's one in Richmond, Charlottesville, Happy Valley, if you got siblings, uh, Pittsburgh as well. Um, We will be dropping a new Roots code every single week. The code for this week is SOSFALL22. Every single week, we will be doing a new code, and every single week, that code will get you 20% off in the Roots app. Uh, So download the Roots app, head on down there, get the famous El Jefe Bowl. I know Mike Santa Maria loves the El Jefe Bowl. Go on down the Roots. Follow them on Instagram as well, at RootsNK and TikTok. Okay, so before we jump into these interviews here, it is time for a segment that I like to call Sons of Save the Date. This is your official, unofficially official Sons of Saturday Fall 2022 event calendar. We're going to start things off at the brick. You might be looking at my virtual background right now if you're watching on YouTube. The Brick Charleston will be hosting a game watch on Friday September 2nd for the ODU game. We will be doing a collaboration with the Charleston Hokies for uh, the game watch at the Brick. We're going to celebrate Bryce Chalkley's 30th birthday. It's going to be a ton of fun uh, getting some revenge on ODU because we got to beat them in Norfolk. So that's number one. If you're in Charleston, if you're in South Carolina, come on down and hang out with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Number two. The Sons of Saturday Fall Kickoff. This is our first ever live podcast event uh, in Blacksburg 
at McLean's on Friday, September 9th, the night before the Boston College game. We got Grayson flying in from Los Angeles for this weekend. Uh, we are running it back at McLean's. We had such a successful time with them at Spring Jam in April for the spring game. We said, hey, Charlie, hey, Patrick, let's run it back. Let's do some more events with you guys at McLean's. So come on down. Uh, October, not October, excuse me, September 9th. We are going to do a live podcast and we will have special guests in attendance. To name a few, Hunter Couture, Justin Mutz, Bill Roth, and more. Yeah, so we are, we're going to load it up for, with some special guests at the fall kickoff live podcast. We're going to do like a cocktail hour type thing. You know, that first hour, you know, feel free, go to the bar, order some food. And then the next two or so hours, we will be doing a live podcast production with some of our favorite student athletes and announcers. And again, some surprises as well. Stay tuned for more details on that, how to get tickets, how to get involved. We are still looking for some more sponsors. um, and We're fired up about that. Next, the next day, September 10th. Sons of Saturday, tailgate for Boston College. So we're going to hint at a little bit about this in the uh, Christina interview here, but just uh, pencil this in your calendar, not pen yet, pencil, 11 o'clock to 2 o'clock, the day of the Boston College game in lot two. That is where we will be setting up shop for uh, an opportunity to hang out with Hunter Couture, with Justin Mutz, potentially some other basketball athletes, potentially some autograph opportunities there. Um, so we are still vetting that out. Uh, we're still you know, making sure we can cross our I's and dot our T's. But uh, if you are going to be at the Boston College game, come see us from 11 to 2 o'clock in lot two before Boston College. Lastly, want to say the last save the date is for Friday, October 14th. If you're in town for homecoming for Miami, if that's the game that you got circled on your calendar this year, come hang out with us at McLean's again. We are going to have a band party. So a live band, come hang out, come drink some beer, enjoy some food, enjoy some tunes. Uh, I think we have a a pretty good idea of who we're going to have play that evening as well. So come on down to McLean's on October 14th. Save the date. More info to come. Oh, last one. This is a a little bit of an Easter egg here. A week from right now, we're going to be sitting down with Coach Beamer and interviewing Coach Beamer. If you belong to the University Club, we will be doing it live from the University Club on Monday, the 29th. So really excited for that to sit down with Coach next week. Stay tuned for that. And uh, other than that, let's roll right into some Sons of Okie Club. We'll see you guys soon. beautiful face here we go billy ray mitchell i do have on the rowback polo and then we're gonna bring on pat finn oh it's backwards i gotta fix that pat finn's over here which we're super excited about 
We got Brad Worthman in the house. He's back. Brad Worthman is back. And then we're going to bring in do, 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 Evan Massengill. Wow. Seamless. Done really well if I have to give myself some props. We're learning all of this. Shout out to our guy, Geo Heater, who put me on to this new, uh, this new thing here. So um, we're going to give this a go. If you're listening, great. If you're watching, just bear with us. We're trying to figure all this out. But Pat, why don't you go ahead and run an intro for our returning friends from the Hokie Club? Yeah, and just just uh, to clear the air, we are working with a new application. Uh, we are doing video. This will be visible on the Sons of Saturday YouTube channel. So uh, the funny, uh, goofy intro that you just heard, if you're not watching us, uh, head on over to the YouTube channel and you'll get a visual. So tonight we are... As uh, John Party would say, we are working on the night shift, baby. We got a late one. Brad has put Juice to bed. We are ready to rock. Before, before we run into our intros with Brad and Evan, got to give a tip of the cap to our friends at the Main Street Pharmacy. Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts, King of Blacksburg, Slayer of CVS. Uh, we want to give a shout out to our friends down there where you are a neighbor, not a number. Whether it's filling a prescription, picking up a Gatorade after a, a tough night out at Top of the Stairs or Sharkies, or, you know, if you uh, if you want to just go ahead there, buy a Sons of Saturday t-shirt or play Mrs. Pac-Man, you can do all that at the Main Street Pharmacy. We got a hokey haiku that I wrote about an hour ago. Brad and Evan on pod, ready for the next challenge, 25 more days. So we got Brad. Brad is the Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations at Virginia Tech. I want to say, Brad, we are, did we just hit an anniversary? Did we hit a five-year? Where, where are we? We did. We did hit an anniversary. Yeah, five years. Happy half decade to Brad Worthman. We'll call this the uh, the Brad's half decade celebration pod. And then we got Evan Massengill, assistant AD for fundraising strategy and uh, former wristwatch model, as Jersey Hokie 29 uh, likes to say. Evan, what is going on, my friend? What's up, guys? It's uh, It's been, what, like a year since we've been on, so it's great to uh, – Great to be back with you, with you all. Uh, I've got Brad by uh, by just a year and a day because my six year was yesterday. So, are so you one of you? Are you coming years. on the podcast uh, and one? <laughs> I am straight, ab- straight out of the gate. I am absolutely one upping him right now. And there's no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> one 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 upping and one day. Just let that be known. Let's go. Well, congratulations and happy anniversary, Brad. I was looking at I was looking at our notes from like our podcast that we did with you guys two days or two years ago, and it said it was your three year. So you know, did some math, and uh, that Virginia Tech education fifteen twenty five at the math empo uh, really delivered for me. Um, so before we get into it, we got to give a shout out to our friends at Roback, Brad, Evan. I'm sure you saw on social media. The Virginia Tech polo with Roback, the lunch pail. Any impressions? Any uh, any first first thoughts on uh, on what you saw? Tell you what, if it makes Billy Ray look that good, it must be a nice shirt. That's all I'm gonna say. 
It's got to be a nice shirt. It's magic. It's a it magic. Looks, it looks magical. Are those are those many states of Virginia on there? Is yes. that what that is? Many states that. of Virginia. Um, yeah, in uh, orange and maroon. Just a just just a, ta- a tip of the cap. Everything that Roback makes is fantastic. And Virginia has one very uh, uh, very similar with the states of Virginia. Ours is called the Lunch Pail. Theirs is called the Lover. That's pretty on brand for the two schools. Um, but Virginia Tech did sell out their polo in one day, just one day of it being out and available. Um, so well done, everybody. Fantastic, fantastic job. Um, polos aside, Pat, I know you have a rundown of some of the previous initiatives. Do we want to uh, dive into uh, some of the success stories and talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, you guys have been busy. It's been a busy year. It's going to be a busy fall. Um, some milestones were passed over the past year, uh, including eclipsing the 25,000 members of uh, the Hokie Club for the Drive for 25. You know, we've seen the Keep Jumping campaign, the Reach for Excellence campaign, virtual 5Ks. Fan Day was very recent. Um, you know, the ACC Championship flags that went out uh, right after we beat Duke. Uh, in the ACC championship in Brooklyn. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing, you know, a couple other uh, initiatives that you guys have been running uh, over the past year or so. But I uh, want to hear, you know, even before we jump into what's next, uh, just some time to reflect on on the year that has passed and, uh, you know, some things that you guys are super proud of over there at the Hokie Club. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been a crazy, what, six years since we launched this um december of whatever that was 16 um drive for 25 so we we were able to to get there and and 25,000 members surpassed 29,063 i think is where we ended up i mean it's everybody that's worked in the hokey club worked in external relations worked at virginia tech uh has has blood sweat and tears into getting 29,000 people um but yeah i mean the the wind t-shirts uh the flag the r state flag which was awesome uh, we had 10,000 donors participate in micro campaigns last year um, 4,000 of which were new so it just goes to show you how strong hokey nation is when you know we're, we're all rowing in the same direction i guess yeah it's a to echo that I think what I'm most proud of is is everybody's commitment to it, you know, and and the ability for that, excuse me, that whole team to commit to that process and to to dive into it and to Hokie fans, right, for responding when asked. Um, I, if we've learned anything, it's that we have to be we have to get really creative in asking people to join, right, and finding ways to do that, and whether that is through a, a championship banner. Right, you go on a magical run over four days, and and I think in what was lost in some of that is we forgot that we were we were one shot away in the first game from not going on that run, um, and so you go through that process, and it's just been it's when you take a step back and you evaluate the totality of it, it's pretty exciting to see what what everybody has kind of worked towards and how people have responded to it. So my next question, and and look, we're 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 not looking to talk about 
COVID and all of that. But what I do want to ask you is where do we stand um, in terms of it obviously had a huge impact financially on universities across the country uh, and everybody. So I know that one of our last conversations was finding a way to recover, finding a way to get back on track um, from that shortfall. So where do we stand in that? And how has has Hokie Nation come through in the way that you hoped that they would to get us back on the road to where we need to go? We'll start with you, Brad. Yeah, it. Um, so I, I think we're still recovering, right? And and I imagine that in varying levels with everybody and any, if you were talking to anybody um, and, and, and in some ways recovery has been good because it's changed the way we think about our work. You know, it's changed the way we think about, about the way we connect, changed the way we think about, about our process. It's a, it's given us the ability to reflect on some of our process and say, Hey, this is working. This is not working. Um, What can we do differently or better? So that's been, that part has been good. Uh, again, um, Wit talks about it all the time, right? That this was a that if we viewed it as a pit stop, um, if you have every team in the league going into the pits at the same time, how do you get your car out faster? Uh, and so, I feel pretty good about where we are coming out of that. You know, God willing, coming out of it. Um, but overall, I feel really good about our res- again the response, both by our staff and the response by our fans. Um, are we exactly where we need to be financially? No, but we will never be right. Because there's always something else to achieve. There's always something else to build. There's always something else to pursue. Um, but I do, I'm, I'm incredibly optimistic that we can get there. So, you know, obviously a historic spring in Blacksburg, you know, you had the baseball team, you had the softball team. Um, and then, you know, just incredible efforts throughout the entire athletic department uh, over the course of the spring semester, you know, riding the, the um, riding the high of the basketball championship too. Now a hot topic that came out of the spring was the spring game and how spring game admission was moved from a free admission to $5 per person at the gate. You know, a lot of people were complaining about this, but, I think the general population was definitely excited about this and understood that programs across the country do this. And and this is what big boy uh, football programs do. Um, How did the spring game $5 per entry go over and what kind of impact, you know, does something like that make on the athletic department? Uh, I'll ask Brad uh, if you want to start. Sure. It, so it's anytime we look at, any of these opportunities, there's a cost benefit, right? And and you have to kind of ex- explain and explore what the what the risk reward is. Um, so there's a few ways that you can identify it. And, you know, is it a success? Is it not a success? It depends who you're asking. Um, on the one hand, right, if we exclusively look at it from a, we found a way to generate some revenue that goes immediately back into our program, um right like if that's the only stipulation that's the only measuring stick then that's a win uh if we're talking about did a hundred percent of our fan base agree with the decision no right and and that's okay like we we can have that dialogue um i think you know pat to your point that is that is more common than uncommon nationally right like that that type of uh admission charge for a spring game um but it it 
it is continuously under evaluation. No different than any of our process, right? No different than any of our programming. Uh, I'm really excited about some of the, the ticket initiatives that we've launched for this fall. And just because some of them have worked and some of them have not, but but some of them have, it doesn't mean that we've just, hey, great, they worked, we're done, right? We don't need to, we don't need to think about it anymore. Um, quite the opposite. Let's evaluate what worked and why. Let's evaluate what didn't and why. And then what learning from that, like anybody in their own respective line of, of work, what can we learn from it that we can apply next time? Um, so when you think about spring game, yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised um, with the reaction. Um, I, I, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see our fans. It, it's hard because you don't want to get into a point where you've got fans fighting over it, right? Back and forth. Um, but I appreciated the the commentary. Um, and again, it's there, there are too many schools and too many programs in the country where apathy is the, that's what we want to fight. Right. So, and I I've said this with, I I've believed this for as long as I've been doing this. Um, as long as people care enough to get fired up, I can, I can work with that. You know, like, like whether you love us or hate us on, a, on any given day, we can work with that. It's when you don't care about us that I get concerned. And Evan, I, I want to ask you a, a more specific question. When you look at the impact and how you decided how to, whether it's dole out that dollars or how big that pot was, how much of a difference did that make? Because neither of you are going to say this, but here's the fact. If you're complaining over $5 and you also have a problem with where Virginia Tech is in terms of uh, nationally competing or the facilities that we have, if you're complaining about a $5 spring game, you might be on the wrong boat and you're also not paddling. So that's that's how I feel about that. But uh, how was how big was that impact, um, and how exactly are you determining where those dollars go? I think Brad probably is the better person to to determine or speak on where those dollars are going. But I think any time that we see donors or, or fans giving back, it's it's making an impact. I often hear fans or donors say oh well this is this is a small gift or this is you know this doesn't matter um but every one of them does and, and i think that it, that was really shown over the draft for 25 um we we got the twenty nine thousand not because we had twenty nine thousand people giving a hundred thousand dollars i mean that would be great and i'd love that don't get me wrong but um we got there because we came up with new new ways for donors to fill an inclination for Virginia Tech. We we got there because we came up with new revenue streams and avenues for donors to give. I mean, whether it's the pledge per initiative or a micro campaign, whatever the donor is is wanting to give, we're we're able to to meet them there. And that's that's how we got there. So I think the five dollars I don't think made an impact for most people. You know, they that the vast majority didn't care and were happy to to support the program in any way. And and whether it be a $5 spring game initiative or $25 for an R state flag, they were happy to support. I think you heard probably the louder voices from the minority. The next thing I wanted to ask about was the reach for excellence campaign. Part of the university's massive 1.5 billion boundless impact campaign 
But where do we stand right now on that campaign? How has that been going? Um, and would you say that this is the new drive for 25? Have we come up with a new buzzword for, uh, you know, strive for 30, uh, you know, frolic <laughs> through the flowers for 40? Where what, What's the new uh, what's the new buzzword here? Um, really right. You're putting us on the spot here. Um, I, so the reach for excellence campaign, right, as part of the, the larger, um, I feel really great about the progress towards that and i do for the entire campus um you know like the the entire virginia tech advancement team does a really really great job and and i know we in athletics feel really fortunate to have great partners on campus not every school is is as lucky as we are in that sense um and so working with that group you know i mean there there's been such great momentum um, that that campaign goal has now been bumped up to $1.872 million, a billion dollars, excuse me. Um, and then f- speaking for us specifically, we are, we've crossed the halfway point. Um, so of the 400 million, we're call it 205, 207, somewhere in that range. Um, but again, we feel really good. Like when we think about pace um, and where we are relative to the larger campaign, we're ahead of pace in that sense. So when we look at it that way, we feel great about it. There's still a ton of room to go, right? And if somebody, if somebody who is listening out there has a, an extra 200 million that they'd like to spare, we can move the pace really quick. Uh, but you know, if not, we've still got we still got work to do, right? So that's exciting. Um, and then you know, I, we've had some internal conversation about okay, we've we've crossed 25,000. What's next? And I think, and I'm. I'm guilty of it. And I think our team would say it like I have shiny object syndrome and I, I look to see what we're going to do next and what's the next hurdle we're going to jump. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to, I don't want this to sound boring, but it comes down to refining our process. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people to Evan's point. We have a lot of new members in the hockey club. How do we make that person donate again? Right. How do we get you to renew your gift? And so I, I'm not ready today, at least, to put an official number on, hey, we're trying to get to 35 or 45 or whatnot. We want to be first in the ACC, right? That, that's our that's our primary target. So we've got one school in our sights because um, we, we came in second and we don't we don't love finishing second in anything. So we've got that as a as a benchmark and as something we're trying to overtake. And that starts though with we're doing a really great job on telling the story of why joining the hockey club matters, why supporting student athletes matters. Um, and then convincing people who gave either for the first time or their hundredth time that giving for their second or their hundred and first time makes sense. So uh, last question here, before we jump into letters from the lunch pail, I mentioned in the hockey haiku 25 days out, that is 25 days out from the Boston college game, 8 PM in Lane Stadium, the first game day experience that we'll have uh, in 2020. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for that reminder, Pat. We, we got a bunch of work we got to do. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, 25 days till Toe meets Leather in Blacksburg. 17 till we face off against Old Dominion in Norfolk. But tell me, what has been top of mind uh, for you guys uh, as we approach the start of this uh, six-game home campaign in Lane Stadium? We'll start with Brad. Who, um, so again, at the risk of having, I'm not trying to give you boring answers. I swear. It's just the truth. We're trying to 
we're trying to double down on a lot of what we worked to improve last year. Um, and so you think about last year, right? Obviously, we we want to do a better job um, working with all of our students, right? And making sure that their experience is amazing and that the people around them have an amazing experience. Um, but then you go down the line to, you know, we we onboarded a new concessions partner last year. Candidly, is it a, is it an ideal time to onboard a concessions partner in a in a stadium that they've never worked in, coming off a pandemic in a global staffing shortage? No, uh, but the contract was up, right? So like those are that's the situation. That's what we find ourselves in. Um, with that being said, I'm really pleased to to heap some praise on our concessions partner. I'm really pleased with their work and their growth and their progress. Um, they're they're committed to what we're doing so I, that's an example of like we have um i think right what people will see on september 10th and and moving forward it's not just september 10th it's also the 17th and and then it's the 22nd and, and away we go um but we'll redo we're redoing the outside and the the guts of all of our concession all of our um permanent concession stands so we'll have new offerings in that mix we'll have uh, a but like a bunch of new offerings in the mix um we'll have a, we'll have some some food only concessions we'll have some beverage only concession stands so we've heard feedback right and use again using that as one example um we're making meaningful game day experience changes so that's one piece of it. Then it is, you know, mobile ticketing was a really hot topic last year. Um, but when we went back and looked at the numbers, 97% of all of our accounts used mobile ticketing last year. Uh, we were at 91% after game one, and we ended the year at 97% on average down our, I guess what would have been the remaining six games. Um, so again, like we're committed to that process. We want to improve it now, right? Like, we want to make sure that it's better and that it's more seamless. Uh, we'll launch. I'm not trying to put the cart in front of the horse because we've still got a few bugs to test and fix and work. And, and some of it too is we, our mindset right now is we're going to try to get as much perfect as we can, but we're also going to launch some things before they're perfect. And we're going to work and improve, right? No different than what we're doing right here with the, the streaming platform with you all. Let's try it. And if it were, let's get real time feedback. It is, you know, in, in our in our business, we have in this example, six days a year where we can make changes, right? We don't play football games 365 days a year where we can make a change on a Monday and by a Tuesday, it's different. You have six days a year, you got six opportunities and you cannot, no matter how many times we test something, you can't replicate 66,000 people coming into Lane Stadium all within a two hour window right? You can't do it. We can run a bunch of beta tests. We can run a bunch of programming. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to real time trial and error, which doesn't mean we want to error. That's not the goal. It's we would prefer to have trial and succeed, but there will be some bumps and we'll fix them. Um, so when we think mobile ticketing, right? Again, that's um, an area that we can do it. When I, I mentioned one of the things with bugs, we're working on a new app with our web partner, um, and in essence, historically speaking, the app in college athletics was about news and information. Now it's about game day. Uh, and so it's the hope is to have that almost where you treat it like a wallet or a Starbucks app, right? Where all of your tickets, your donation history, everything you have is in that app. Um, and it makes it really, really seamless and straightforward. So 
And then you've got all of the things that make Lane Stadium special, right? So everything from skydivers and, and all the usual stuff, which is not usual because it still makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. But it, it is the fireworks and the skydivers. And our home opener is in, it's an eight o'clock kick on a Saturday night in Lane. Like, are you kidding? Right? Like, sign me up for that every year. Um, so when we think about all of those things, I would, to summarize it, the goal is to is to imp- make incremental improvements um, on some of the new things that we, that we introduced last year. Um, but it's also not to stop introducing new. Um, and to continue to press when possible um, in an effort to make an improved fan experience. And again, it's, if anybody is, um, you gotta, you gotta crack some eggs to make an omelet occasionally, right? So we gotta, we gotta make it work. Our next segment here, we have the letters on the lunch pail. And I do want to forewarn you that nobody pulled any punches. We pulled some punches proactively because they were uh, not punches that we like, but but we did let it fly, as Coach as Coach Young likes to say. And I'll, and I'll start with you, Evan, because I'm assuming that this is a large part of your job and your day-to-day. Um, but Ted Hessing had two questions, and his first one was NIL. And there's no way around it. At the end of the day, people want to donate to make Virginia Tech better. How exactly are you handling any cannibalism that you have seen between NIL and official fund raising efforts for the overall university? Or have you seen that NIL has had a positive impact? How has NIL impacted your ability to fundraise as a university in general? We haven't seen a a tremendous impact on on fundraising yet. Um, the university announced today a record-breaking year. We had the number two year in history for, for fundraising for the Hokie Club, $49 million, new gifts and commitments. Uh, first time we're back over $20 million in current use annual fund dollars since 2018, second time ever. Um, so we had a great year. Uh, I think NIL is you know, it's coming. It's just not developed yet. And, and we've got to continue to adapt when we, when we ask donors for support. Um, the way I look at it, I think it's going to, I think it's going to cannibalize a little bit at the top, right? We've always, we've been in such a good position. Jim Weaver did a wonderful, wonderful job of this. And, and Witt has continued it um, with building our, our facilities to top notch. Right. And we're actually blessed. We've, we've touched everything in the last few years, um, at least in the last 10 or 15, where we don't have a whole lot more to do to our facilities. I mean, obviously castle, um, the locker room is, is, is getting there. Um, But I think that you're going to see nationwide, this isn't just Virginia tech, but I think you're going to see nationwide schools are going to look at NIL and say that's where our facility money went. That's where instead of pouring money into facilities, donors are going to to want to pour money into student athletes, and it's going to look a little bit more like a pro model. But I don't see it cannibalizing the the strictly philanthropic dollars. I, I see that as being let's find a way to to figure out a donor's inclination and philanthropic support and go after it. That's such a 
fantastic answer for a couple of reasons because without nil it's basically been this for lack of better term pissing contest between all of these different athletic departments to pour money into things not really because it was what was best for the student athlete but it was really the only selling point that you really had was oh our facilities are better than so and so and our facilities are better than so and so almost to the fact where it was kind of gross to watch happen uh, where you're turning over a new weight room, you're turning over a locker room, you're turning everything over at just a ridiculous rate. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, the next question that I have is is a very <laughs> is a hot topic question that we never got to uh, to with wit. And I'm going to ask you this one, Brad. A lot of people, quite frankly, have a problem with the home and homes with Old Dominion and Liberty. Now, instead of pounding sand and getting really uh, upset about it. He asked you, what were the economics behind scheduling a game with Old Dominion and Liberty? Yeah, I, I'd probably defer to Wit in that space, not to not to take the cop out answer. Um, the economics are, it the games have to make sense. And, um, you know, there's, I don't know what the future looks like with, with certain games like that. Um, you know, I mean, obviously when you think about how far out Virginia Tech is scheduled or or other programs are scheduled. Um, there's there's an element to that that becomes difficult. Like once you're in contracts, it, it is hard to get out. But then you look at what happened in COVID and you had games being scheduled with three days notice at times or six days notice. And so that what used to be a model that was, hey, you have to schedule 10 years in advance to fill up your schedule got turned on its head immediately. So I, I would say when I speak to the economics of of home game or home and homes or, or two for ones or three for ones. Um, a lot of it really boils down to what makes the most sense for the department at the time, um, because those games, and, and, I, and I think the answer that Wit would give is that those games, traditionally speaking, are scheduled so far in advance that it, it just is what it is, right? Like you get to 2022 and these are the teams on the schedule that have been on the schedule since 2012. Um, and so you just have to kind of work within that system. But I do think depending on, depending on how everything shakes out and, um, you know, if, if we were sitting here 10 years from 10 years ago, I would have said that schedules like this make sense. Uh, if we're sitting here 10 years from now, I might say, Hey, we don't, we make schedules week to week. You know, like that's a very, that it's a very real possibility. It, it probably is still a bit of a pipe dream. Um, but it, it's not impossible when we saw what happened with COVID. And here is the triple crown of difficult questions and probably the most uh, commonly asked one. Um, and it just is summarized by Wi-Fi. Any updates on the uh, Wi-Fi end of things? We had people replying saying they would walk a mile over Legos for uh for Wi-Fi in Layton Stadium, so I just wanted to get an I, update. I saw that. I saw that one, and I, I'm telling that I don't know if that person has any Legos in their home um, because I stepped on three of them last night, and I <laughs> would not walk a mile on them. Um, I so the 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 short answer is we we have not purchased Wi-Fi for the venue, right? And and that cost, as everybody knows, right. Two years ago, use that as an example because Pat brought up my, my three-year anniversary. So two years ago, I imagine my answer would have been, hey, it's going to cost about $5 million to install Wi-Fi in Lane Stadium. Um, 
that same house that cost three million dollars two years ago now costs five and or five million dollars probably with construction and everything now costs six and a half million dollars um, that's not saying we should have done it two years ago because we we didn't have the resources to do it um that's not saying we we can't do it or shouldn't do it today or in the future one thing that i do feel good about is we've worked with uh both campus and some of our partners um, from various networks um, that it should improve it slightly again what is hard is and I, i'm not i'm not naive right i'm not i'm not sitting here saying that improving it slightly if we improve slightly over not very good then that's still not very good um but what we have been what we have heard from folks much smarter in that space than myself um, is that the way we're offloading data now through some of these new antenna systems and whatnot it should work a lot better um and it should at least you know you're still you're not going to be able to walk into lane stadium on saturday september 10th and stream a movie right like that still isn't going to happen um but you should you should have access to networks and and some of the the standard operating stuff uh so we'll see it's it is hard similar to what i said before it's hard to replicate that until we're in it um but it's not i, I promise that's not a hey i'm i'm copping out of the answer that's a very realistic we still aren't we still don't have the five to seven million dollars to do it um similar to my comment earlier if somebody has 200 million dollars we can close out the deal pretty quick if somebody has has a handful of million that we can put towards wi-fi i promise we'll, we'll do it fast um it's just right now especially coming out of covid all of the resources generated have rightfully so been going to support our student athletes, our programs. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that Evan, Evan and, and the group are really proud of is all of our sports specific fundraising. Um, that those, the ways that we can help support our student athletes still have to be a priority. And once those are fully satisfied, then we start picking off some of some of the larger projects like the Wi-Fi. You know, I, I rarely do this because everybody gives me a hard time for it. But uh, when I was living in California, when you go out and you surf, you leave your phone on the beach and you get to enjoy the waves. You get and, to enjoy it. You don't you don't check it. You don't check it in the middle of surfing. No, I don't. I don't check it. I don't need to do anything because you know why? Because I'm focused on the beauty Life. that surrounds me and I'm focused on the sounds of the water crashing onto my board and the sound of my head bouncing off of the coral on the bottom of the ocean. So maybe instead of streaming your live TikTok dance performance during the third quarter on third down in a two point ball game, we can get a little loud and stand up and make noise. Right? Exactly. Dare I say stand up and shout at that point <laughs> like that? that may be a decent option that is an alternative and it, it like guilty is charged i i want i want to deal i trust me when i say i want access to wireless service as well in those moments um for for work purposes too right but it's it's not a it's not a bottom of the barrel dialogue i, I promise you that it's a top line discussion uh, but billy ray to your point let, let, let's get out and let's make some noise instead yeah. You know, I get upset. Not, not, I mean, yeah, I do. I do get upset. I used to do Pat's rant of the week when we first started this podcast. Get off his lawn. Get I would, off. I would complain and complain and complain, but there's nothing worse than when they show like the student section 
um, and they show them jumping up and down and every single kid has their iPhone in their hand taking a video. It's like, guys, Pokey Sports is going to put out an awesome video of you guys jumping up and down. You don't need to put it on your Instagram story or Snapchat story. Enjoy the moment. I don't know. That's uh, We're going to move on to the next question. Um, so Triumph Together. We're, we're closing in on a week away from Triumph Together. I kind of want to hear about high level. I know, um, I know that this is uh, the second year of Triumph Together, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Want to hear about some of the goals uh, that the team has for Triumph Together. Maybe we'll be able to come down and do another fun video with you, Evan, in the tunnel. Uh, we got to get that surfacing next week. But uh, Evan, talk to us about Triumph Together and some of the goals that are uh, in place for next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Triumph Together um, actually started as Drive for 25 Day and then Drive for 25 Blitz. Um, so this is the fourth or fifth iteration of, of a giving day. Um, it's it's just another avenue of, of our sport specific. Brad touched on it earlier. Um, we really we doubled down this year on sports specific giving because we saw how palatable it was last year and our donors, they reacted. Uh, we doubled sports specific giving for programmatic dollars last year. We, the highest number we've ever hit was $1.07 million for sports specific. We hit 2.2 last year. So, um, that's the reason why we've kind of put so much into pledge per campaigns and crowdfunder campaigns and these two giving days that are strictly sports specific, right? This is August 23rd through the 25th triumph together. This is the best way you can help a sport that you care about or two sports that you care about or all of the sports that you really care about. Um, so Make sure that you sign up to be an ambassador. Make sure that you log in on the 23rd and, and pick which sports you'd, you'd really like to support and, and help out. And ultimately, this is, you know, when we when we count donors and dollars at the end of the year, this is this is the building. This is the front front porch of that. So um, to me, somebody I think somebody asked about a stretch goal and, um, you know, I think a stretch goal for us, I, I don't want to put something out there I'm going to regret, but I think last year we did 600. I would love to see us do 750 this year. Um, I think that is a, a major stretch goal, but I also think it can be done. Uh, 2000 donors and $750,000. Yeah. I'd, I'd like that in, in two and a half days. It makes my job a of renewing, which Witt has mentioned multiple times. There's no drive for 30. There's no drive for 35. It's renew those 29,063 people right so that's that's the goal i don't think we can fit that on a t-shirt or put that on a uh put that on a flyer but i uh i admire the uh i admire the focus um love that and then uh the next question comes from clark ruland uh, i think this one's for brad what kind of new ideas and collaborations have been pulled from other schools athletic departments for this fall uh for anything game day specific or uh any new things or new wrinkles Maybe even some surprises. I don't know. So, Pat, I actually read that and I thought he was referring to uh, fundraising. So I'm going to let Brad have it up next. But I just kind of wanted to touch on something really interesting that happened this summer. NACTA is something that we do every year, right? It's uh, it's our it's 
college athletics conference for fundraising, for external marketing, ticketing. There's 5,000 people there, right? And, um, you know, we do we do look at at what other schools are doing and we do we do try to uh, make sure that we're doing everything we can to model after after the best but i was sitting in a, in a presentation on sports specific giving and someone tapped me on the shoulder from a, a school out west and said you guys at virginia tech really should be doing this presentation because they don't hit, hold a candle to what you all are doing um so we're not looking for what everybody else is doing they're looking at what we're doing and trying to copy it. Um, not to say that we don't take a thing here or there, but. So the next question is, and I, and if this wouldn't be a cop out because this, I, I actually don't know if you have any involvement here, but we have talked uh, about this new ruling that came down from the Blacksburg council regarding center street. Um, so students are wondering, first of all, I have no idea what that's going to look like um, for students next year at center street. Personally, I can't stand it, but from a Hokie Club perspective, students want to know what kind of events are planned student-specific if Center Street may not be an option or it doesn't look like something that um, is going to be at the same moving forward. Are there any specific student pregame events or things that they can look forward to this upcoming year? Yeah, so I... And I, I don't want to speak to, or I, I can't speak to all of the like I don't I don't necessarily understand all of the rulings and the and the policies and procedures on the on the town of Blacksburg side. Um, what I what I understand is like Center Street doesn't go away, you know. Like it, I think there may be a couple of 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 additional elements that might have to go into it, whatnot. But my understanding is that it isn't drastically different than it has been in terms of the the groups in that space were always required to to register their parties right and, and again that's that wasn't with us um that's with whether it's the town of blacksburg or the police or the student affair what have you it's with with those groups um so our goal when it comes to student tailgate um you know we've had a lot of dialogue and a lot of conversation about what can we offer as an alternative it not to replace not to replicate but for the students who maybe say, hey, I, I don't want to go to Center Street or I only want to go to Center Street for a small amount of time. I don't want to be there all day. Can we offer something else? Uh, so we'll have we, we've worked uh, in tandem with the, the team at Student Affairs on campus. Um, we'll have a, a, an alternative tailgate set up for them in Hokie Village right off Beamer Way for those who aren't familiar with it. Um, we'll, we have live music and bands and food trucks and beer garden in Hokie village at every game. Um, so we've got some options. Some of those options have been there for a while. I just don't know that historically we've catered them to students. And that's one of the pieces that we've talked about with, with our partners at student affairs. How do we build out uh, some semblance of tailgate experience Again, it might be for kids who are in who are freshmen who are in dorms, or um, for kids who don't otherwise know where to go on game day, right? Who don't necessarily have a, a tradition or history that they're accustomed to. So, it's certainly not uh, at, at least for twenty twenty two. The goal of it is not to replace. The goal of it is to be in addition to. The next question comes from. 
I think this comes from Grant Watson. Grant says, as a member of the recent grad program, what are some other ways that I can contribute to the success of Virginia Tech athletics through the Hokie Club? I do not love that guy. Love that guy. That's a softball. Go ahead. I mean, yeah. I mean, fellow Williamsburg graduates, so, you know, love Grant. Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, we need people to – to get involved. We need people to we need people like Grant to get, you know, his friends that aren't giving to step up and give back to the, to the Hokie club, to give back to Virginia tech, to, to propel, you know, we, we've taken ourselves and we've put ourselves in the top third fundraising, top third competition of the ACC. It's, we need, we need more folks to continue to build that that baseline, that base and, and continue to grow philanthropic dollars in the door so that we can continue to improve um, not only the student athlete experience, but to improve, you know, finishes on the field. And then Joe Rogers, this is a, uh, this is a question that I'm interested in. Have they looked at adding led lighting to lane stadium or the tunnel like Georgia and Stanford have done? Uh, it looks amazing if they haven't seen it. Don't change the tunnel. I'm just gonna <clears throat> just just we're, we're not doing we're not doing lights in the tunnel. Stop. The the tunnel <laughs> is what it is. You want to put lights in the stadium? I think that'd look great. Or I hope we're not doing lights in the tunnel. Don't let me down, Brad. But I'll let you, I'll let you answer the question. I'll let you answer the question that he asked you now. I'm terrified to answer the question now. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm kidding. We so we actually we added some LED lights in the tunnel for some of our video work. Uh, so right. last year with intro videos and whatnot, we do it there. I, I, Billy Ray, I, I agree with you. The tunnel is pretty sacred, right? So um, like we've added all of, we've, we've gone back in history and added, um, I don't, I, I, as many names as we have access to, right? Like it's, it's never a full list. Like at some point there was some record that probably wasn't accurately kept in the 19, whatever. Um, but we've got names of, of nearly every letter winner in the tunnel now. Um, so that I, I agree with you. There's something, there's something special about that tunnel. There's something, there's something special about the, the, I don't want to say the dimly lit, but it's not exactly bright in there, you know, and there's something cool about that tunnel it's one thing if we're shooting video content and, and building out, that's different on game day though. There's something cool about walking down that tunnel and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not, not necessarily in the tunnel, right? It's seeing what you're about to go into. So that's a piece of it. We have looked at on a flip side and we have looked at what led lights in the venue would be. So um, what you've seen at, at a lot of pro stadiums, um, at, at many, many college stadiums, not all men, but some um, LED lights in the light stands and in the stadium lighting. And um, similar to Wi-Fi, all in to get LED lights is required at the at the wattage that it requires and at the number that it requires. Uh, it's about a million two, uh, 1.2 all in um, to redo all the stadium lights. So uh, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. It's an amazing atmosphere enhancer um it's just that's a lot of money to spend on switching light bulbs right so you've got to make a decision when that's possible so i would ask you this we were talking about we were talking about the barrel um 
where on the barrel is Wi-Fi compared to uh, to LED? Well, twenty uh, percent of the cost, right? But it it adds to the it, if you see that um, and you see it on TV or you see it in the venue, it's a that's a pretty cool game day experience, right? And not to give away, it, it's not rocket science. At some point, there's going to be a pod that we do at some point one summer where we have installed LED lights and I'm not going to tell you about it, right? Like I'm just going to wait and I'm going to wait till we hit a night game and then I'm going to say, hey, guess what? Um, there's something to be said for if that first note of Sandman hit and the and Lane Stadium was dark. Oh um, my gosh. That's a, that's a different animal, right? That that might change the game for. Again, we're probably gonna have somebody complain that they couldn't record it and upload it in real time, but that's a pretty cool experience. And that it is something not to belabor the point. One of the things that we we've worked on a lot this summer, and and something that honestly a lot of schools are are kind of copying from us. All of these ticket packages that we've put out, like I'm really proud of our team we've sold out the upper south end zone for a game against Wofford, right? And, and not many people know that. I mean, there's 6,000 seats up in that upper south end zone. Uh, and for an 11 a.m. kick against Wofford, it's sold out. So when we think about what that looks like, right, our concept has to continue to be, what do you get on game day in Lane Stadium that is different than what you get at home? Um, and so, you know, Wi-Fi is not a differentiator in that space. Again, that's not me saying we shouldn't have it. I'm, I'm part of the digital generation. I want it to. Um, but adding a fan experience moment, like we score a touchdown on an opening kickoff or we are about to hit enter Sandman and the place goes completely pitch black. Um, those are pretty cool things that you can't replicate at home. Yeah, I, I know you didn't ask for this, but I think Pat and I are both in alignment that uh, we would like led closer to the top of the barrel than uh you know the wi-fi but i know you didn't ask but if noted you curious. noted no no i i'm i'm not i'm <laughs> not in a different camp than you are on that right to, to appease the masses let's just say i'm split on the decision but one is one is 5x the price and speaking of camps you know whose camp i don't want to be in the person complaining about not being able to film it because we're doing an awesome light show. So don't be in that camp. That camp sucks. Nobody wants to be in that camp. I, I promise when we do that, <laughs> we will have a better camera angle than anybody else who's there, right? I promise. And our and we'll put out a great video about it. We, okay. know, Jordan, we know Jordan Long will be all over it too. <laughs> the next uh, – all right, so only a few more, and then we'll let you guys go to sleep. And, and for those of you uh, – Tip of the cap to both of you. It's, 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 I mean, it's 10 o'clock. Everybody's looking to go to bed. So I appreciate y'all jumping on with us. It always seems, it always seems to be late night chopping it up with us. So we appreciate your time. Last, uh, last few. Uh, Grant Watson, uh, uh, here's the, uh, the Evan fan club chiming in. Um, are you going to compete in American Ninja Warrior anytime soon? No, no, I'm not. But there was a guy from Lynchburg on there yesterday, evidently. So go, go that guy. Go that guy. But no, no, I'm not, Grant. I'm sorry. Um, we'll save we'll save the uh, the real question for the end. But here are some more fun ones we got. Uh, who do you guys consider to be the most s uh, most athletic SID, and why is it Ethan Aguiwi? I mean, there's no question. It's it's definitely Ethan. I mean, he he 
he's Guam's national champion in wrestling. I mean, there's there's just no competition there. With no disrespect to any of our other any of our other staff members, <laughs> I, I I saw Ethan doing a one arm pull up today. So it, with no disrespect to anybody else, he may be the most athletic SID in the country. I mean, I don't. I, I think it's Facts. yeah. Um, and then the last fun one we have comes from Noah Nichols. Uh, Evan, if you had to return to McDonald's for an eating competition, uh, what would you change? So he's referencing, uh, we got bored during COVID and, um, for lunch one day we went and we thought we could eat 20 singles from McDonald's in a sitting. Um, Just a, just a terrible, terrible judgment right there. (laughs) Just, I'm going to put that out there. We ended up only being able to do 10, but I, I did win. And uh, I think I did it in like 11 or 12 minutes. Um, I would say, I would say uh, probably chicken nuggets. I feel like I could down a ton of those things. Like, like more than the average human. Pretty so quickly. Back, back in my Billy fat days, I did actually eat. Uh, I ate 16 McDoubles from uh from mcdonald's so if you're looking for a challenge there's one to match now i don't do that anymore but um i i thought that was cool it wasn't cool it was actually gross but uh 16 is- like like in a month no like, no like, 16, what, what? Like, like we'd go to make we when i was in high school we would all you know go to mcdonald's and and we'd scrounge together 20 bucks and we'd be like yo if, if i go to mcdonald's with 20 bucks i can get 20 hamburgers and we'd just see how many of them we could eat and the most i ever ate was 16 so um yes. Yeah, not not something I suggest. Um, last one here from the fans. Pete McGee asks, "I love this one uh, for folks attending a home game for the first time. What are so what are some not so obvious game day experiences or details that have been enhanced or added in Lane Stadium recently?" It's a it's a great question, um, and one of the things too, like my comment on the ticket packages that we've that we've been working with. One of the things I'm really excited about, and I'll use some stats. This is not to creep anybody out, but but we track on these things, right? Like everybody, we want to improve. We want to find what's working, what isn't. Um, when we look at, so we, we there was one ticket package in particular for the Boston College game. That is, it's again, it's in the upper south end zone. It, it, there, the, whatever, whatever goes with it. Um, what's really exciting about it is that of the accounts that purchased uh 80 and there's roughly a little over 2000 total seats in that uh, but of the accounts that purchased 86 percent of them did not have a ticket last year um of the of the accounts that purchased 35 percent of them have never purchased tickets before um, and of the accounts that purchased 70 percent of them live over 100 miles from blacksburg so we've got a few categories there, right? You've got 86% of people who didn't attend, who didn't buy a ticket. It doesn't mean they didn't attend, but they didn't, they didn't buy a ticket in 2021, which also means they didn't get one in 2020 because no one could. Um, so there's a chance that those people haven't been to a game since 2019. Then there's a third of them who have never bought any, any ticket in our system uh, for as long, as far back as our records go, which I think is the early nineties. So there's a there's a lot if you're a new if you're new to lane for or you're coming to lane for the first time um the easy ones go to if especially if you have kids go to hokey village uh, be there right it's a great tailgate alternative um 
it's got family zone and kid zone and you can get you know buttons and stickers that say it's your first game at lane stadium um when you go inside we've got turkey legs obviously that are a must purchase um we've got those in the south east corner of the stadium uh, and then there are some portables that we're working on as well to get them into a few more places um got to give a shout out to the dairy club right like you have to get a milkshake somewhere in there um whether that's in lane or in castle got to do it um and then other than that like this sounds ridiculous but come early be loud and wear whatever color we ask you to right and if we don't ask you to wear maroon and get in there get in early like it should it's all in you're talking, including from the time gates open until roughly the game's over, it's a five and a half hour experience. That's it. And we get to do it six times this year, right? So if they're all five hours, let's assume they're all five hours. By my quick math, that's 30 hours of the year that you have access to be in Lane Stadium with Virginia Tech football. Don't waste it doing something else, right? Like get in and take advantage of the whole thing. Watch pregame. Um, what like be there when the skydivers come in, be there when fireworks go off, be there when skipper fires, like enjoy it. So that's the, that's the easy button answer, but I'm fired up for first time attendees. I mean, that is a top five answer and I'm glad that you took your, I don't know what you, I don't know what you're doing, Brad. I watched limitless the other day with Bradley Cooper. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but you must've been taking your limitless pills. Cause some of these stats that you've been rattling off with zero, with zero heads up, have been been very impressive. So, <laughs> well, well, thank uh, you. And I, pr- I promise you, they're real too. I promise. You can't make that up. No, very, 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 very well done. Um, Billy Ray, cannot. Can, you said that was the last question, right? Uh, it is. All right. So, can I answer a question that you pulled? Like a pull. You you said you were going to pull some punches for us. Yeah. And um, I saw one. You're taking. I, I you're pro- yeah, I'm going to take the punch. Yeah, okay. I want to. I want to proactively take the punch. Um, I saw one. I understand why it's asked, and I, I kind of want to make sure that we address it. Um, someone asked why their their gift to a micro campaign or sports specific giving cannot count towards annual fund uh, membership level. And honestly, that's because if we did that, the bill that comes due, no matter what, which is the scholarship bill wouldn't get paid. So in 2016 or 2015, we actually had that model. Virginia Tech had the model of, hey, no matter where you give, it counts towards your priority. It counts towards your membership level. Um, And we raised $9.8 million and had a $4 million scholarship shortfall. Um, So, and that was, that was consistent over time. So, um, you know, ultimately we have to pay the scholarship bill first. That's the most important thing because we want, that's, that's why we're here. We're here to give student athletes, student athletes a first class education and a first class experience at Virginia Tech. And then after that, we definitely want to support them and, and add to uh, any programmatic needs that they have in their, in their athletic endeavors. But we have to take care of the scholarship bill. Evan Massengill man of many talents and takes voluntary punches to the face and returns the punches without hesitation. Excellent, excellent job by both of you. I had a ton of fun. I can't thank both of you enough for your time and your efforts to make those six. It's crazy to think about it every year for 365 days a year. um, We're thinking about six Saturdays with our best friends in our favorite town 
and just enjoying every single second of it. And there's so much work that goes into it to make those six days special. So thank you. And we're so ready to take it all in and uh, enjoy it. So I'll, I'll leave with this and I'll start with you, Evan. Um, just closing thoughts, any shout outs that you have and any message you may have for fans as they get ready to head uh, back to Blacksburg for those six Saturdays. Uh, we just appreciate you all, uh, Billy Ray, Pat, uh, Grayson, uh, the fans, the donors, everybody that's supporting Virginia Tech Athletics. We we couldn't do it without you. Uh, 600 student athletes get to come to school at, at the best institution in the country in Blacksburg because you all support Virginia Tech Athletics. So thank you all so much. Uh, shout outs would be to the entire Virginia Tech athletic team, the external team, digital. They're killing it. Kyle Bruce and his squad, Dylan and Helica, um, they're, they're doing a great job. And really, they're the motor that that drives all of the, our communication from the Hokie Club. Uh, our Brad mentioned it earlier, our partners across campus. I mean, Ann Lehman, Monisa, Rhonda, John Torgett, uh, CG, everybody over there is so supportive and really makes our job easier to do because they support athletics. Virginia, to anybody that wants to tell you that the university doesn't support athletics is dead wrong. So that, those are my closing thoughts. Brad, your turn. Good luck following that up. Yeah, I, you just you, five minutes ago you compared me to Bradley Cooper, and I, I don't. It's just rattled me. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to overcome that. <laughs> um, it's the first time in my life. Um, other than sharing a first name, that's that's the extent of it. Um, I would echo Evan's commentary. Um, we're just really thankful. You know, we're really grateful and that it's not lip service, I promise. Um, I'm really thankful for the team I get to work with every day. I'm really thankful that they they take punches on the chin, as you mentioned, and keep on moving. Um, and they they are committed to the process and they're committed to doing the work. And I'm really thankful and grateful for our fan base, right? Like we've got this amazing fan base um, and donor base and, and Hokie fans all over who are committed to success. Um, and when, it, when we really boil it down to it, we just want to make you all proud, right? Like, like there's no, there's no other motivation in that. We just, we want to do right by everybody who cares and we want to work really hard and we want to make improvements when we can. Um, and we're, we appreciate the feedback, good and bad. Um, and know that even in moments where the, the feedback is negative, it's not from a lack of care, right? I promise you that it's, we want to do a great job. Um, and do right by everybody who who we owe it to. Appreciate y'all. Looking forward to it. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. Y'all take care and uh, awesome job by everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank y'all so much. All right, everybody. It is Monday, August 22nd, 6.14 p.m. We are very, very, very close to Old Dominion next week. We're very close for Boston College the week after. And today we are going to sit down with Christina Daves representing the Nova Hokie Club. We had a great, successful tailgate tour with Coach Pry in his inaugural summer, heading into his inaugural season. And uh, we got some fun events going on later in the fall that we have to tell you all about as well today. 
uh, coming out of the Nova Hokie Club. So before we get into it with Christina, need to run a quick intro. Uh, Christina Daves is a marketing superstar. If you haven't heard of uh, Christina, she's on the marketing board at Virginia Tech. She also uh, is one of the esteemed members of VT's Best Tailgate. Let's see the koozie. There we go. <laughs> VT's Best Tailgate, the lot two tailgate crew and we will chat a little bit about that uh, later on in the episode but christina welcome for the first time to the sons of saturday how are you i know i'm very excited to be here what the heck am i doing on a sports podcast but we'll get into that <laughs> <laughs> awesome so want to recap here the uh incredible tailgate tour that took place over the summer and uh, we saw Coach Pry, we saw Coach Beamer, we saw Coach Foster. A cast of characters made their way up to Manassas, Virginia um, at that Rising Silos, or not Rising Silos, I keep saying that. That's Two black Silos. Story. No free ads, Rising Silos. <laughs> Two Silos Brewery <laughs> up in Manassas, Virginia. Um, Christina, what was the, uh, kind of like, even before we talk about the event, what went into the planning of the event at two silos in Manassas? You know, the, all the Hokie clubs do events and a lot of times there's sit down dinners and we were kind of thinking, you know, you've got a new coach. What if we did change, just change the narrative? Let's do something really fun and try to find somewhere we could go. And we didn't have a lot of time. We had about six weeks to plan it. Um, but two silos was amazing. Uh, if you've never been there, it's just a huge outdoor brewery. They've got a stage. They can hold, you know, over a thousand people, which is a good thing because we filled it. Uh, but we just thought it was such a great opportunity for people to get to meet Coach Pry and, you know, have an opportunity up here. We don't see Coach Beamer much anymore. And that was such an amazing surprise. And Coach Foster, like you said, we had all three of them. Uh, it was just incredible to have that opportunity. Now, talk to me about um... – past events up in Northern Virginia. Like I know coach Fuente did a, um, an event up in Northern Virginia yeah. at, you know, somewhere in Fairfax at, you know, yeah. a Marriott or something like that. But were there any, um, any other notable Nova Hokie club events that had gone on in the past that we'd love to kind of just hear about things that you guys have done. And then what led to two silos as as the place for selection here. So a lot of it were these dinners. It was kind of for older, more established Hokies. Uh, a couple of years ago, they started, I think, right before COVID. And then, of course, they haven't done it since. But we'll do it again at the Arlington Cinema Draft House. Sold out right away. Um, they did that for like a player's night, you know, like kind of announcing. And it, nobody was there. It was just really like watch party kind of thing. And um, so that's great. We're really trying to to bring in more younger Hokies. I mean, it's, you know, you have this great experience for four years and then you're done. It's like, no, 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 but you loved it so much. Like stay in touch with people, give back. It doesn't have to be money. You can give time. You know, we're always in need of volunteers, um, but it's just a great way to stay connected. And Hokies have a special bond. Um, you know, your viewers know this, you know this. I mean, you see somebody reach out to you and you see Hokie on their LinkedIn profile. That I'll always answer like, oh, you're a Hokie, of course. Um, so just trying to really grow that bond with, with the more, the younger crowd. Um, but you know, we had lots of kids at two silos. So it wasn't across the board events and at a venue like that, you can have, 
you know, people who have kids and young kids and then recent graduates. It was just nice to have everybody all together. Yeah. Were there any um, any fun stories or any people that you saw there that you didn't expect to see there? I know there's a couple. Well, let me geek out for a minute. When I turned around and there was J-Rob, Justin Robinson, I was like, oh, and he was the nicest guy. He's like, come on in and give me a hug. I was like, oh, and he found out about it on Twitter. He happened to live a mile away and had just missed, you know, the correspondence about it. We were so excited that he showed up. It was awesome. Saw some pictures of J-Rob up there. That was awesome. And, you know, you get you get you get some Virginia Tech football legends. You also have some Virginia Tech basketball uh, legends among the cast of characters up there uh, at two silos. So that's a ton of fun. Now, from a um, from kind of just like a a results perspective, you know, obviously there's a goal in mind when you have these events uh, around Northern Virginia or, you know, if it's the Charlotte Hokie Club, Club, the Richmond Hokie Club, the 757, there's always events and there's always goals you know, for, for membership attainment and donations, what information do you think, you know, you'd love to share with our listeners as far as, you know, uh, any specific goals that your team hit from the two silos event? Yeah, we, we hit way over goals. Uh, so all the money that was raised, the Nova Hokie club, none of the Hokie clubs are, are for profit. We don't make any money. Um, we send all the money back to Virginia tech for the um, athletic scholarship fund. And we had a goal of at least 50,000 and keep in mind, we only had six weeks to do this. Uh, we raised $83,000 and that was pretty awesome. And from what we've heard, it's if not the one of the most successful events like this that Virginia tech has ever had. So that is huge for all your, for all the, uh, yeah. the salespeople out there that is almost getting to 200% of quota. So you'd be well into uh, accelerators <laughs> there. Uh, and then where's my me- bonus. <laughs> yeah, where, where's, where's the double commission. And then from, um, from a attendance perspective, did you have an idea um, of how many folks walked in the door that night? Yeah, we think we had around 1100. So just, just blew it out of the water. We've never been in a venue that could hold that many, uh, you know, you have these dinner events, they sell out 350 people, um, but never something like this. And like I said, just fun, you know, you could play cornhole and they had a band in between, you know, before coach Pry came on and after, and then, you know, we had room for them to do Q and a, and it was just a beautiful night. And everything just aligned and it was perfect. Cannot uh, cannot express how grateful we are that Christina, you and the entire Nova Hokie Club, uh, you know, did all this uh, incredible effort to put this together. So we're fired up about that. And uh, next summer, is it coming back? What are we thinking? Apparently it's coming back. Uh, should be next May again. Um, but then we've got something super exciting coming on in a few weeks. Love that transition. Love that transition. Okay. So... <laughs> All right, so something's coming up in a few yeah. weeks to kick off the uh, the momentum here going into the fall uh, with our friends over in Castle and Han Hurst. Yeah. Can you give us a? Uh, can you set the table for what's going on? Yes. So we're so excited. I think maybe they heard about how successful the football one was, and they didn't want to miss out. Uh, but we're doing the tip off tour. Uh, so so excited and grateful that they're coming up. We've got Coach Young um, and Coach Brooks. 
men's and women's basketball who are going to do a live Q&A, very similar to what we did with Coach Pry. Uh, it is going to be at Don Tito in Arlington, Virginia, on uh, Wednesday, September 14th from 6 to 9. This event will sell out. Uh, we can only have 400 people. They're actually closing the entire restaurant for us. It's going to be incredible. They've got rooftop and it's going to be just an awesome setting. Um, but definitely, there's my big plug, but go to novahokeyclub.com and you can learn more about it and get your tickets there. But it, it will sell out. We're selling like crazy. We've just started promoting. Christina, I lived in Arlington for three years and the coolest thing that ever happened at Don Tito was that the Capitals brought the Stanley Cup to Don Tito. I yeah. got to tell you, I think this is better. I think <laughs> Mike, Mike, Young, Mike Young and Kenny Brooks showing up to Don Tito on a Wednesday night. I mean, you know, I might have to drive all the way up to Northern Virginia for that because that is uh, that is incredible. It's going to be awesome. And I've gotten to know Coach Young a little bit, and he's a great guy. Like, he just really is what you see. He just loves his players, loves the sport. Like, we're just really lucky to have him. So it's going to be a great night. So you're thinking, as far as, like, uh, Don Tito, is this really pushing for the young alumni to get out there? Is it, you know, come out from Fairfax or, you know, kind of everyone's welcome? What does this look like? Oh, my gosh. Everyone is welcome. And I mean, I'll be there. Um, but yes, we wanted to kind of do it both ways. So for those of people who wanted to drive out and come to two silos, that was great. And now we're going to, the people who live out in the suburbs will come into the city and do the same thing. But we just have more limited space. So we want to make sure that if it's something you want to go to, which you definitely want to go to, because it's going to be amazing. And the men's basketball, ACC champions, uh, first time ever, there's going to be a lot of great stuff to talk about. Absolutely. And you're going to get some folks scurrying across the key bridge from uh, over from DC yeah. and Arlington yeah. as well. Um, just so we can reiterate, do we have a price on tickets? What is that going to look like? $25. And remember every, all the money goes back to Virginia tech to the scholarship fund. So it's all for a good cause. It's a great night of networking, bring your friends, see old friends, make new friends. Like I said, Hokies are just fun. Like that night at two silos was just a blast uh, and saw people I hadn't seen in years. So that's always a fun opportunity too, that you never know who you're going to run into. Absolutely. Well, that is going to be fantastic. So, and listen, guys, Nova Hokie club, very solid track record here in 2022. They're knocking the cover <laughs> off the ball with the events. You got the brewery outdoors in May. You got coach young and coach Brooks uh, bringing their, their own version of the Stanley cup. They're bringing the uh, <laughs> Coach Young's bringing the net from Brooklyn. Uh, I can't promise he's actually going to do that, but uh, <laughs> oh, I'll ask. I'll see if we can get you. Can maybe get your picture with him holding the net. Exactly, fantastic. And then, so I want to close this out here in saying that we're fired up for football. We're going to have a ton of fun this fall, and we do have a. We'll give a little teaser. We have an event. Okay. I mentioned lot two, the lot two tailgate crew. That's the lot behind the south end zone. VT's best tailgate. <laughs> Self-proclaimed, yes. <laughs> I've been. I don't know. I don't know if I've been to to better ones. And we will be doing an event, a tailgate event with members of the basketball team. 
on that day. Uh, so this is kind of like a save the date, save the block in your calendar. We're thinking 11 o'clock to 2 o'clock, the day of Boston College. So if you're in town for Boston College, 11 to 2, lot 2, we're looking to uh, have Hunter Couture out. We're looking to potentially get Darius Maddox and Justin Mutz out there as well. Tailgate with your favorite Hokies from the hardwood and uh, potential autograph signing uh, type thing too. Still working that stuff out. Still working it out. Stay tuned. But um, yeah, put that in your calendar. Come by a lot too. It's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, we'll toast to a great home season of Hokie football. Be awesome. Go Hokies. Awesome. Well, Christina, any, all right, we'll, 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 we'll do a quick Sharky shout outs. Anything you want to plug you got going on other than this uh, Nova Hokie club thing or anyone you want to shout out, uh, you have the spotlight. Well, tune in September 8th at 1030 AM on WJLA. Good morning, Washington. I'll be doing a tailgating segment. So uh, this time I'm, I've done a lot of products in the past. You can find those online. This time's going to be a lot of, or this, this segment's going to be a lot of what to serve at a tailgate, like some of my favorite tailgate foods. There you go. You'll have to see for yourself on September 8th and then later that weekend on September 10th, live from lot two. Christina, as always, uh, appreciate the time and we'll look forward to seeing you next month. Thanks. Great to see you. Smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand by to saw you. Dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know it's what you're thinking. Please don't just let it sink in. Trash my friend's place. Wake up the next day and do it again. And all that she said is, And all that she said is enough to reach out to you. you